These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. Hello world! Welcome to the funniest people I know. I'm George Kaloris, and here with me today are my favorite funny people, Alexandria Sweat. And Abigail Williams. Favorite funny people. I like it. I know we got promoted, Abigail. That feels like a promotion. It comes with no extra compensation. Well, well, that's not saying really anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to see you guys. Each week, we kick off the episode with a round of What's Making You Laugh. We're each going to share a story, and then we're going to pick one to dive into. Alexandria, what's making you laugh this week? Why don't men like to answer questions? That's making you laugh? question. I did an eyebrow thing to Abigail listeners, as though the audience could see that. But yes, that is very much making me laugh. George, what's making you laugh this week? What's making me laugh this week is a video I watched nonstop with the caption, I didn't go to work because a cat fell on my head and then a dog with shoes tried to do me justice. What? That actually sounds really funny to me. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm laughing this week at a weird girl I met in a park. Oh, wow. And I mean little girl. <laughs> like a weird child? I'm a weird child. All about a weird child. I am too. Okay, I take my son, he's two, to the park. On a semi-regular basis, it's a great way to get outside and go do your thing. He can get some Uh sun, I can get a break, and we're all happy. (laughs) Well, yesterday, I took my son to a park, and as he was going down the slide, I, like many parents, said, Wee! So fun, buddy! To which this little eight-year-old-ish-looking girl underneath the little play set goes, Hey! You sound just like my mom. And I said, oh, I do. Thank you. Oh, I do. And she kept repeating herself. You sound just like my mom. And I said, wow, that's great. And then she looks at me, gets really serious and off and goes, you don't know what my mom sounds like. Oh, my God. She did not break eye contact. I swear. Like, I got wildly uncomfortable. I start giggling and I'm like, I I know. I don't know. That's why I said, I do, and I moved my head to reinforce the fact that I was speaking with a question mark. It was really weird, and she just looked pissed off, turned around and walked away, and as she walked away, I heard her go, she doesn't know my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go around assuming you know people's moms, Abigail. Right. How dare I? And then she kept clarifying, you don't sound like my mom for real, just when you said we, just like that. It was the weirdest little girl. So did you follow her? Did you meet the mom? Of course I didn't follow her because I'm not some creepy pedophile, George. I'm not going to follow some kid in a park. And she wasn't there with her mom because I did keep my eye on her because I was like, what the heck is going on with this? She was there with a friend and a man that was perhaps younger than me. I don't know if he was her dad. I don't know if he was her brother. No idea. Definitely not her mom. I wonder if he knows what her mom sounds like. 
What kind right? of detective are you? I, How little do you know about these people? I just wanted her to leave. She humiliated me, George. She humiliated <laughs> me in front of all the other children, and I didn't want to be around her anymore. Had this been me, my nosy ass would have left that park with all the details. <laughs> that she way, left. Like, Without being creepy, but to a level that's not pedophilia or anything. Just close enough. Maybe hide around trees. Oh, yeah. That's not sketchy at all. Hiding around trees, staring at these kids. I just was thinking about, like, eavesdropping. (laughs) You're putting on a disguise. Alex has a trench coat and a wig over here. You guys are not giving me enough credit. I covered the bases, okay? I was listening to her as I was standing there feeling personally affronted, but she didn't give any other information. She just told that chick she doesn't know my mom or whatever she said, and then this guy comes over and they leave. What am I supposed to do, follow them to their car? Obviously. Wow. (laughs) It was one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. I didn't know I could feel so humiliated by an eight-year-old. I hate when sassy children make me feel bad about myself. Yeah, they're just terrible. Sassy children are the worst, but they're also the best. It sounds like the beginning of The Ring or Amityville Horror. <laughs> yeah, if you start okay. seeing her climbing on the ceiling you upside down. You guys are run. ruining my life right now. I'm not going to take <laughs> one <like> more <laughs> step into this episode with you guys if you keep speaking <laughs> that crap into my life. Yeah. <laughs> when I tell you she was so mad, you don't know what my mom sounds like. I was well, like, you had a lot of nerve presuming her mother's sound. I didn't do a thing. <laughs> she talked to me and she was happy at first. You sound like my mom. You, sound- you don't know what my mom sounds like. <laughs> She's a crazy person. Weird left turn. <laughs> but I wish her the best. Yes. Yes. I love that you're having these weird encounters with children in the park. That's it's my favorite awesome. thing about you right now. Oh, great. great. That's great. You've reached my voicemail. Please leave a message. Speaking of weird and uncomfortable things, I had a memory the other day of one of the weirdest voicemails that I have ever received in my life. It got me thinking, (laughs) surely I'm not alone in being someone who has received some pretty awkward or lame voicemails, right? You're definitely not alone on that. I think we should say some of our worst voicemail experiences. If you guys can think up something on the spot, I will go first since it's on my mind. Okay. Uh Imagine... 10-year-old Abigail flaunting around the living room, enjoying a nice summer evening, when all of a sudden, she and her two parents walk into the other room where the old boxed voicemail recorder sits, where you have to physically press a button, go through five options. They were called answering machines. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Voicemail recorder. (laughs) Yeah, you're ruining my story. We press the thing. You have three unheard messages. She goes through the first, it's la, la, la. She goes through the second, it's blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, I hear the voice of this man from my parents' church named He might be listening. Now, was a guy that went to my parents' church who could be a little bit eccentric and a little bit out of touch sometimes. And I hear Mm -hmm. him on the line talking to my mom. Cindy, it's this. Cindy, I'm angry about this. Cindy, I'm so frustrated about X, Y, Z. And Cindy, I want you to marry me. 
<laughs> Wait, and you heard this now, on a voicemail with I your heard, parents? Oh, I heard this on a voicemail with my mom and my dad, who were and still are, in fact, married. And my mom just busts out laughing. And I burst into tears. Oh, I'm no. like, my mom just got proposed to on a voicemail. Is she going to say yes? I don't know. This guy's nice. He ain't that nice. It was so weird. And he was serious. He was dead serious. Complains about this, complains about that. And at the end of the day, Cindy, I want you to marry me. Oh, my God. What'd she say? She thought about it. I think I saw <laughs> in her eyes a toss Oh, my God. Could this be better? She started laughing, and my dad started chuckling, too. <laughs> I was the only one sobbing my eyes out of the living room. <laughs> oh, like, this is so weird. What a weird voicemail to receive. And I just thought, who else out there has a weird voicemail? We all have them. George, has this mm. rung a bell for you at all? The first thing that comes to mind also in the 90s 13 year old george we get home from a long day and my mom goes to check the answering machine and that was probably her favorite part of the day back then she loved checking her voicemail who didn't love that (laughs) someone wants to talk to me i guess we just called the messages back then we didn't know about voicemail yeah you're right gosh george you're changing my life i'm going back (laughs) so far i remember the message before it was some boring thing like your order is now available for pickup from Sears. Sears. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Throwback. <laughs> and then beep. And then there's the voice of my brother's friend. And I'm going to try to keep some details out of this because it's a true story. But my brother's friend is on there. And he goes, hey, the news just said our karate teacher killed his mom and his dad, but his mom is alive. Call me. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my God. He's really that casual? Not just casual, excited. Can't wait to oh, share no. the news. Oh no. We're all just standing there like, oh my like, God, what's what? about? That's horrible. It's I'm a sorry. terrible tragedy. It's horrible. He's still in jail to this day, but the voicemail was so gleeful. It's so funny that you say that, George, because I was just going to say that my worst voicemail is bill collectors because, like, wait, get off my voicemail. I ain't got money for you. Yeah, and who likes to get that as a voicemail? Yeah, that's not fun. But I was like, well, let me go to the Internet and see what other people are receiving on their voicemails. Is anyone else getting awful voicemails? Someone, I'm going to call this person BC from Boston, Massachusetts, wrote in and said that this wasn't their voicemail. But they heard this voicemail because their friend, Jay, let them borrow their cell phone. One day they woke up to 27 missed calls from a person named A. They left a voicemail, finally. BC clicked on it. They paraphrased this voicemail by saying, the F you're not picking up my calls for, you immediately need to take the body of the bitch out of your basement and hide it elsewhere, Jay. Really <laughs> oh my God. I'm so shocked right now. Really not safe there. I'll explain. F and call me when you get this. Yeah, you better. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a message so- you return. Or you pretend that you don't know who that is and you never return. <laughs> yeah, oh, fair enough. BC obviously was confused, didn't understand what they were hearing. They was taken aback. They played the message over and over again, and they was just shocked at the words that they heard. Long story short, there was a body found, and Jay was involved in somebody's murder. Oh, oh my God. My yeah. Gosh. And this voicemail led 
to trauma. I bet. <laughs> Proposals and murders. Those are our voicemails that we're bringing to the table here. Yeah. <laughs> this is just insanity. If there's any listeners out there who have some really good voicemail stories, please email them to us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com because I want to know and we want to read it. I have a little game for us today. I feel like we like to play games that are kind of related to elementary kids, like our spelling bee game. We do a lot of things that will work for kids, too. That's the only kind of game I'm equipped for. (laughs) I don't know if I'm insulted. (laughs) Well, staying true to the theme, I decided, wouldn't it be fun to do a little game called... Fact or opinion? Oh, I already (laughs) like this game. Yeah, this is great. The internet is full of alternative facts, real facts, crap, trash, opinions, opinions misinterpreted as a fact. So as the sage mage of the show, I thought I would take some time to remind our audiences the differences between fact and opinion and play a game with you two to see if you guys can figure out the differences yourselves. All right, I'm game. My opinion is fact. Yeah, I already know that George is going to basically put himself in the office. Let's see. We see who's losing. (laughs) How to tell the difference between fact and opinion. A fact is a true statement that you can prove. Keywords include dates, numbers, science, historical events, and nonfiction. These are good sources to know where to find facts. On the other side, you have opinion. An opinion is someone's idea or feeling about something. Keywords, preferences, think, feel, believe, words that end in E-R and words that end in E-S-T. So Abigail, George, you guys think that you now know the difference between a fact and an opinion. I believe I do. We'll find out. All right. Did anybody see what I did there? Oh, let's just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start with scissors are used to cut paper and other material. Abigail. I'm going to go with fact. All right. George. I agree with Abigail. I guess that was a pretty easy one. Yeah, it's a fact. I, mean, I like that you checked an answer sheet. Yeah, like, you're not quite sure. <laughs> like, I want to be clear. Have you ever used scissors before? <laughs> you know what they are, right? I am thorough, guys. I he literally do. has pictures and charts. We've got a lot of data over here. <laughs> I was dedicated to game night. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Parrots are prettier than parakeets. Opinion. A fact. I knew you were going to say that. I will understand how some might think that's an opinion. (laughs) Okay. Really generous of you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. I want to be like George and be like, no, it's a fact too. (laughs) It is, however, an opinion. The right opinion. It was. See? See how the right opinion. (laughs) Number three roller coasters are fun to ride. Obviously. Fact or opinion? (laughs) 
yeah, they are fun to ride, but it's an opinion, as we all know. <laughs> I am going to say it's a fact because they wouldn't exist otherwise. Ooh, mm, I'm interested compelling in Compelling argument. Because if they were uh, torture devices, no one would ever ride them and they would be empty. But so some I'm going to say feel that they are torture devices and they won't ever ride them. That's their opinion. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what's the answer? Sadly, it is an opinion. Ooh, roller George, coasters you really are... sold me on that. I know, I, I thought really I was right. I question everything about myself. <laughs> this is why you would have been great on how to get away with murder, George. Like, that's how a lawyer works. You would have been Annalise Keating good now. <laughs> <laughs> Last one, question number four. There are seven days in a week. Hmm. Is there seven days in a week everywhere in the world? We accept that. I feel like that's commonly accepted internationally speaking. Mm. I'm going to say it's a fact. It's documented. We teach it in our schools. We have History calendars. There. We have calendars. I think calendars are not up for debate. I'm with you. I'm going to say it's a fact. Unless it has to do with daylight savings, and that's always a hot topic. Oh, that is an opinion. Oh, it is. Oh, my gosh. I mixed it up with the other questions, and I want to verify against my chart. (laughs) That's my favorite part. She will not give us an answer that we all know is real. She has papers that she assumedly cut with scissors. Yes. She cut these things into strips, and she still checked the chart to make sure scissors was a fact. All right. Yeah, it was a fact. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, who's the winner? I think I'm the winner. There's no winners. There no, I'm a winner, only... and that's a fact. That's a fact. We can verify this by going back over the footage and realizing that George said roller coasters were fun was a fact. I'm the winner. I stand by that. You stand I mean, corrected and by that. Okay, argument, Abigail. <laughs> That's fine. George has the best spelling bee hat, champion, whatever, and I'm <laughs> hanging my hat on fact via opinion. <laughs> All right. That's my time here. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for playing fact or opinion. This week, I faced a huge pop culture blind spike, guys. One of the biggest franchises in movie history. I'm talking, of course, of The Fast and the Furious. Oh, man. Have you guys ever seen this movie? What yes. This movie? You mean this? I don't even know what ology it is when there's like 50 movies. Because it's not a trilogy. It's, it's like an odyssey. Yeah, an odyssey is good. This Odyssey is huge. It's made over $1.7 billion. The ninth movie came out a couple weeks ago. It's a huge hit. Last night, I sat down to watch the first movie from 2001, a 20-year movie for the first time. It's been 20 years. I feel (laughs) uncomfortable about that. So I'm about to spoil a 20-year movie. And let me tell you, first of all, I am shocked and hate to admit how much I liked this movie. I, oh, I am. No. My husband is a massive Cars fan, loves this franchise. As a result of that, I have been forced to watch every single one except the one that has recently come out. And I pretend I hate it, but I really love them all. They're good. They were a lot of fun. And mm. it's maybe the most straight movie I've ever seen about the love between two men. 
it's hard to describe what happens in the movie because for the first half, I had no clue what the plot was. Nobody just, cares about the plot of these movies. <laughs> I started to realize that. Exactly. But it works because the late Paul Walker, who was I not the Paul greatest Walker. actor of his generation, but was certainly very yeah. nice to look at. He was such a delightful gentleman. Everybody Good. said he yeah. was the same guy off the camera as he was on. He seems really he- nice. He's in this with Vin Diesel in a star-making role. I think this is the first time I ever heard of Vin Diesel. (laughs) I go way back with old Vinny. I love Vin Diesel. He was in a lot of movies before this, but this was his first. Everybody knows him. He blew up. Oh, that's true. He was in like Triple X and Chronicles of Riddick and stuff before this, right? Of course. Chronicles of Riddick. Doesn't everybody know that? No. Um, Okay. (laughs) The movie begins with a high-speed chase with some cars hijack a tractor-trailer. And I don't really know what's going on, but it was cool to watch. And then soon Paul (laughs) Walker shows up to a race in the middle of the streets of Los Angeles, which is remarkable because they've got miles of L.A. roads blocked off and no one is the wiser. That's right. These cops in L.A. are complete idiots and nobody (laughs) knows what's going on these streets. Yeah. This is why you sit in traffic for so long when you're in (laughs) L.A. Exactly. Paul Walker bets that if he wins the race, he gets the cash money and respect. But if he loses, then Vin Diesel gets to keep his car. Then he loses. But before Vin Diesel can collect the car, the cops arrive and everyone scatters. So Vin Diesel's almost arrested and Paul Walker saves him. And then suddenly they're surrounded by an Asian gang who, for no reason whatsoever, shoots up Paul Walker's car and it explodes oh, wow. in an amazing rainbow of colors. I have no idea why they did it, but it looks great, and it made me understand that the Asian gang are the bad guys. Yeah, even though we don't know why. <laughs> no, that's I don't know what why. Happened. And I'm sure yeah. it's not racist. They're just randomly <laughs> happen to be Asian, and now all the bad guys. Then, after barely escaping the Asian gang, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel go to a party, and Vin Diesel's out of his boys for leaving him behind, so he takes a beer from one of his buddies, and he offers it to Paul Walker, which is a really weird gesture. I don't want your backwash, even if that means your friend likes me more than you right now. That's a great point, George. I can always appreciate you calling out the real <laughs> was just like, and they just all went with it, like, yeah, that's what you do. And I was like, I would not appreciate this gesture in the slightest. <laughs> then Paul Walker's arrested for no reason, and then Twist come to find out he's an undercover cop. That's I did not what? see that coming. Didn't see it coming, did <laughs> you? Neither all. did the rest of us. No, 20 years, and it was not spoiled. So really, hate it for people who are hearing this for the first time. The rest of the movie is kind of a low-rent version of The Departed with fast cars. Paul Walker is working with the FBI to figure out who keeps hijacking the tractor trailers. The FBI thinks it's Vin Diesel, but Paul Walker's building a bromance with them. They're best buds now. They're on their way to family. They're on their way to family. Mm -hmm. And so Paul Walker instead targets the Asian gang. Again, not racist, I'm sure. So when it turns out his racist accusations are wrong and it becomes clear Vin (laughs) is the culprit. Paul Walker has to come out and let everyone know that he's actually an undercover cop. And he does this really not gracefully. (laughs) He just grabs Jordana Brewster and is like, I'm an undercover cop and you have to deal with it. And she's like very upset about that information. Yeah, of course. Time to process. And I really felt like Paul Walker needed to be a bit more understanding. Well, Paul doesn't write his own script, George. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I don't know the name of his character. I don't either. Nobody does. Everybody just (laughs) says it's Paul. 
Just like I don't know Vin Diesel's character. In the meantime, Vin Diesel and his gang are on a heist, and it goes wrong when the mysterious driver of a tractor trailer they're trying to rob fights back. And he's like, I'm not getting robbed easily. At one point, Vin's boy gets his arm twisted in a rope while hanging off a tractor trailer. At the same time, the driver of the tractor trailer is shooting a shotgun at him into traffic. Into traffic. Into traffic. There's a lot of just shooting in the traffic that happens into these movies. It's It's pretty shocking. I'd like to get the casualty number from all the people. On these like streets. the taxes have to be ridiculous in these cities. Y'all are just not caring for the lives. No, they don't. And care. this is where I'm too old for movies like this because I sit there and I go, "Oh my god, that's so dangerous. Oh my god, that's so expensive. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, that's so, so expensive." <laughs> and then I keep wanting to watch a high-speed chase movie, but from the point of view of the other drivers on the highway. The mom mm-hmm. with carpool, yes. the businessman yes. going to lunch. Oh. What is their life like when Paul Walker comes zipping by with a like, tractor trailer shooting at him? That's yes. got to be a weird day for them. I'm a for little sure. interested in that point of view. Yes, George. Oh, that is the story we need. We need a whole movie based around this family that has nothing to do with the Fast and the Furious except for that two seconds that it intersects with their life. Like, and there's no mention about it in the movie except it's just such a weird moment and then they move on with their lives. I've always thought that in the superhero movies, Marvel and DC are just so destructive. I can only imagine what it's like to be an insurance agent in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Every time Thor has a fight with somebody, that's billions of dollars. Billions. In insurance claims. (laughs) Ridiculous premiums. It's ridiculous. No, you cannot afford to live in the New York of Batman or of the Avengers. At one point later in the movie, Paul Walker has to avenge a death caused by the Asian gang and he chases him down his car. And then he basically guns down these two gang members in the middle of an L.A. street. He is not in a uniform or in a cop car. He has no identification whatsoever. And then he runs over to someone and says, call 911 and then runs away. And it's like, they should be calling the police on you. You (laughs) do not realize what that looks like to someone who doesn't know that you are an undercover cop. Exactly. And I really, I'm not trying to get into politics, but I think the undercover cops should make themselves more clear to passerbys that they are a part of the police force because they are just looking like random criminals. I felt for that lady and what she must have to think in that moment (laughs) when Paul Walker yelled at her, call 911. And it's like gunning people down in the street. Maybe she thought he was a nice guy wanting to call 911 after all. (laughs) (laughs) Then for some reason, I guess because these two incredibly handsome men are insecure about their manhood or something, they decide that (laughs) the only way to settle their dispute is to drag race a quarter mile and try to outrun a speeding train. Yeah, that's the standard way of solving disputes Mm -hmm. in L.A. If you lived in L.A., you would get that. I just assumed it was a hetero thing that I hadn't experienced. It's also that. Realistically, the entire Fast and Furious franchise should have ended with both of them being squished by a train. But thanks to movie magic, they somehow make it through. And then Vin Diesel is so (laughs) stoked that he's not paying attention to the road, has a terrible car accident, and nearly died. Yeah, 
It's a sad, strange like, turn <laughs> it's a we really take. Really weird moment. I was like, "Yay, Vin Diesel! You outran that train like Superman!" And then he had a car accident. I was like, "This is why you have to pay attention." They really mm. tug at your heartstrings <laughs> in this franchise. The cops do. are coming. We hear sirens, and Paul Walker gives Vin Diesel his car so he can escape, and that's how the movie ends. And it was a delight. Even taking this joy ride with you through the whole thing <laughs> that I've seen multiple times was delightful. It sounds so stupid. The plot is barely understandable, and there's hardly any character development, and there's almost no nudity. But I had a great yeah, time nonetheless. It. It's so, the explosions. It's the crashes. That's what makes it fun. But I am disappointed you're a fan, George. I wanted you to join me in the anti yeah, I thought I was going to hate on it, and this would be me just trashing it. But I, I have to admit, Alex, I think I'm about to have a straight boy summer and marathon the rest of these movies. It's because oh it's God. like a teeny tweeny drama. <laughs> Nobody likes to admit they like those, but everyone does. When there's drama between the middle schoolers or the high schoolers and the who likes who and are they getting with so-and-so, we all really secretly deep down want to know. And Fast and the Furious is just that with a lot of cars and guns and explosions. That's my opinion. That might be a fact. Tokyo Drift, that's the third one in the franchise. Mm. I think that one is very beautifully filmed. A lot of people hate that one, but I liked it cinematically. I thought it just really nice. Well, I'll let you know what I think when I see that. The worst one for me is when Dwayne The Rock Johnson gets involved. Dwayne is a good actor, but this to me is the most obnoxious thing I've ever been forced to watch. Oh, I can't wait. You can't wait, but also you can. I'll just say that. (laughs) It gets a little slow for me there, but I can't let it go. I might have to report back as I binge the rest of these. Please do. I recently had a friend reach out to me. She had broken up with her boyfriend. We were talking Mm -hmm. and we ended up helping her cope by making her a playlist for her breakup. And this is a thing I really enjoy doing is helping people make playlists for hard times. And I recently had another friend reach out to me and he was fired. Mm. I thought we should take some time and make a playlist for him and give him some music that he can listen to to get through this professional breakup, if you will. Professional breakups are such a weird thing. Yeah. They are. I'm kind of relieved. I don't have to come back here, but also I'm offended (laughs) and hurt. And what about my friends here? But we hated it together. I'm assuming that this is somebody who hates their job. Maybe he loved his job. He hated the job and yet was unceremoniously fired and has his feelings hurt. Like when you're not that into someone, but they break up with you. Mm. This is so relatable because I was laid off last year from a job. I understand that feeling. I can think of a couple of tunes. I have a song right off the bat that immediately comes to mind. Anybody in here ever heard of Goat Yay? Somebody that I used to know. Oh, yes. Gautier. Yes. Okay, yes. I can't say it like you. I'm not a sophisticated. <laughs> you uncultured swine. No, you I just say it. Know. I get it. Sorry. I get it. I'm not. Okay, but I'm thinking this song, somebody that I used to know fit. In this first verse, it says, You can get addicted to a certain kind of sadness, like resignation to the end, always the end. So when we found out that we could not make sense, well, you said that we would still be friends, but I'll admit that I was glad that it was over. Right? I mean, this guy's glad. 
but you didn't have to cut me off. Come on, right? Mm-hmm. Make out like it never happened and that we were nothing. Because there's always that little bit of heartache. You rejected me. And mm, that's so true. You so lose true. your work friends. Who's hanging out with work friends outside of work? We all say we will. Oh, yeah, we'll do dinner, we'll get drinks. We don't. It's we don't. so awkward, especially <laughs> if you're I just lost his friend. Yeah, you're done. That just sucks. You treat me like a stranger, and that feels so rough. Now, you didn't have to stoop so low, have your friends collect your records, and then change your number. We all know that everybody out there at work is like, you're out of my life. I ain't texting you anymore. I ain't calling you anymore. <laughs> That's happening. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is a song. It's going to make sense. I hope this song makes your friend feel better. That's mm. a good one. That's a good song. I do Alex, enjoy what you got? I'm going to my favorite era of Kanye West, and I'm suggesting the song Can't Tell Me Nothing. It was such a mood, such a vibe. If you think about the lyrics, first of all, whoa, it's such a good vibe. Like, the production on the song is amazing. Then he starts the song off by saying, wait till I get my money right. That's what you want to tell your boss. Like, wait till I get my money right. Yeah, don't send me out of here before you know that I got my money together. (laughs) That's real. Exactly. Or maybe this was your setback for your comeback. Maybe it's one of those type of attitudes. Then he goes on to say, I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. You're already in the mindset. What am I going to do next? I am dreaming about the next moment. Because I'm not going to be just sitting here sad that you laid me off. Like, this is your loss. I'm definitely taking this from the more arrogant approach to being fired. You lost something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the arrogant approach. Yeah. My other song I'm pitching is Irreplaceable. Beyonce. You must Ooh. not know about me. You must not know about me. I could have another you in a minute. Come on. Right? I'm yes. out of here. I'll get my yes. new job. Yes. I don't need you. No, right? that's good. Exactly. That's good. Yeah, that's Motivate another song yourself. I'm pitching. Come on. I'm in that vein. So my first song is the... American author song, Best Day of My Life, (laughs) which is kind of a crummy song, but it has a great energy. It's just about seizing the day and claiming today as the best day of your life. And I think the day after you get fired, or maybe the The day day after that. The day you seize the day. Yeah, probably the day after. You'll be hungover the day after. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go on to the next chapter. Let's make the good out of this and use this as an opportunity to launch into the best day of my life. I wanted my friend to feel empowered by his new freedom. I love it. Oh, that's, yes. Alex, what you got? I'm next going to suggest to your friend, Princess, let's go crazy. Oh, that's great. Kind of in a similar vein, because let's go crazy. But it's literally that first snippet of the song, Dearly Beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Electric word, life. That's my friend. Um, <laughs> it's uncanny. Isn't that the truth? Let's get through this thing called yes. life, damn it. So we're going to go crazy. Let's go nuts. Let's look for the purple banana because nothing makes sense anymore after you get fired. Until they put us in the truck, let's go. Prince gives you the instructions on how to handle the fire. Kelly Clarkson also has something to say on this. Since you've been gone, anybody remember that old? That's on my list, too. I love it. Yes, the whole, I'll come and never hear you say, I just want to be with you. I guess yes. I never felt that way. But since you've been gone, I can't breathe for the first time. Come on. Who doesn't feel powerful yes. screaming at that? Get I out of there. They agree. don't deserve your friend. I, I mean, your friend could be a complete lunatic, but I'm in your friend's corner. <laughs> This is a good play. Your friend is yeah. This is great. All the best. 
I always like to wrap a playlist with a message that sends you forward. Mm -hmm. I thought that the best way to end this playlist was with RuPaul's Supermodel, You Better Work. And really just inspire my friend to go and find that next job. Yes. I love it. Well, this has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. We're available on every podcast service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. See you next time. Bye.